Howie burps out. Whew. Welcome uh, back to Factory Sealed. It is March. It's March, right? Yes. March. March 16th. 16th, 2013. My name is Eric Peterson, and not joining me tonight is Jess. She's not here. She's not. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing because she very clearly, clearly, and I even have written proof from her. When we were setting up the show time, I asked her what time would work. And she's like, no, Wednesday won't work. Just got a project. I'm like, how about Saturday? And she's like, yeah, Saturday would be perfect. And here we are. It's Saturday. And Doesn't seem very legit. Jess isn't here. Apparently, it's her husband's fault, though, so... Well, it probably is. Yeah. Good on him for making her do stuff. Of course, she throw him under the bus. <laughs> Joining me, though, Mr. Aaron Robison. Hello, folks. I'm back. You are. It's lovely. Did you listen to last week's show? I did listen to last week's show. What'd you think? It was a, it was a good show. Uh, you know, it was good to see, uh, hear a... Uh, a fan on the on the show, uh, given his in, uh, insights and and things like that, so it was really cool. Yeah, um, it's just a two man show tonight. If you haven't picked up on the fact well, that there, well, are... Ben Schrader would be here tonight. What is Ben doing this week? Unfort- well, he had to he had to miss out tonight because he's got his Brazilian wax <laughs> at seven o'clock. So unfortunately, he's unable to make it tonight. That's so gross. Well, after picking all those lice off of polar bears, oh, I suppose cleaned up. Yeah, you got to get yourself spick and span. He was make getting sure. a little itchy down there. So. His Brazilian. Well, I hope that Brazilian goes well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, this week we don't we don't have any 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 other guests on this week. Um, we're just trying out, seeing if we we need a fourth. You know, we had a blast with Matt last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the next couple weeks are actually kind of busy. I'm just going to get this out of the way at the beginning of the show here, and I was kind of hoping that Jess would be on to introduce all this, but since she's not here, I guess it kind of falls on me. And uh, this, think, Didn't she give a hint? Anybody who follows her on Twitter might already know. She did, and some people have actually already figured it out. So, um, hold on, I just clicked on something I shouldn't have. Um yeah, some people have figured it out. Naughty boy. There's actually two guests. One of them is, well, actually three? Yeah, three. Um, next week's show is going to be entirely dedicated to Batman. Because Jess somehow managed to get um, Toronto Batman to come on next week. So hmm. I'm not too terribly familiar with who he is, but apparently he's a pretty big deal in Toronto, he's this guy that's got this this pretty sweet Batman get up and goes to all these conventions and and cosplays right. Batman and does like a lot of publicity stuff in it Toronto. Seems pretty cool. He he has taken a picture with Laura Vander Boot Boot Vander Boot Vander Hoot. Who's that? Vander Hoot. That 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 is played that is played uh, sm- uh, Supergirl in Smallville. Okay. Yep. So uh, that's well, pretty, that was pretty cool to see that pick. So that'd be really sweet. Last weekend, Jess she was also actually in v. she was also on the show V that was recently out on television, the uh, remake. Well, last week Jess 
actually went to Comic-Con. I don't know if it's Comic-Con. It's like some sort of some sort of Comic-Con in Toronto. Is that the one with all the jocks showed up and beat everybody up? I think so. Yeah, they they introduced like sports, football and hockey and right. stuff. So it was it was meant to be this big nerd convention and all these jocks showed up and you know jocks and nerds is just a recipe for a good time right but uh she spent the entire comic-con with toronto batman and and uh she said it was a pretty good time he's a fun guy so i'm looking forward to having him on the show next week so get your your questions in it's going to be a batman theme show uh we're going to be playing some some uh nes batman games uh, Super Nintendo, and just pretty much whatever other Batman stuff we I, feel like playing. I will not be playing a few Batman games, I will tell you that right now. Why? I will not put myself through that torture again. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, save it for next week. <laughs> um, also, right. this is the, 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 the announcement that we've been hoping we could make since, was this last November? Yeah, it's been a long time. I it think has. Before we, this show started, I think. It has. Even... Well... I think it was, we were trying to get him on for one of the first few shows, but um, right. Jess, again, she is she seems to be the person who can wrangle anybody up. Um, managed to land Elias Tefexis and Michelle Bobak to come on in two weeks. They should be on the first week in April. Um, All right. So hopefully they are going to be able to make it that week. They said they wanted to play through a bunch of Mario games and just hop on and and. Uh, Talk about their experiences with video games growing up. So definitely get your questions together for them. Send them in now. If you want to make it easier for us when you send in an email, in the subject line, you could put for Elias or for Michelle or for Batman if you want to ask him questions. So All right. um, got, the, got, got the big announcements out of the way. That way I don't cool. forget at the end of the show because I'm, I'm, I'm indulging in a tasty glass of bourbon oh nice Enjoy. I, f- I feel all uh posh tonight. i am sticking with my old man theme and i'm having some werther's originals oh i thought you're gonna say some robitussin <laughs> <laughs> no no robitussin got myself a nice stiff drink of whiskey and robitussin there you go pop is going to sleep at 7 30 tonight it's that purple drink right there <laughs> that stuff's real cheap yeah. So, yes, we had to do a show tonight, and I, I was thinking about pushing it till next Wednesday, but uh, I'm going to be out of town this weekend, and most of next week we're heading up to Vegas. Oh, man. Yeah. That should be fun. Rootin' tootin' good time. Um, my sister flew in, so we're going to be... Uh, oh, her boyfriend's never been up to Vegas, so we're going to head up mm. there and hit Make that. sure you lock him on a roof. We should. I'll try. Um, you've been to Vegas, right? Oh, many times. Didn't they have the GameStop Managers Convention in Vegas, or has that always been in? It's usually in Vegas. Really? I thought since it was... I've been there, they've had I've been in Vegas three times for a Managers Conference. I was gonna say I thought last year it was in Texas. It was. Yep. Okay. Yep. It went. Uh, is Vegas, 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 Texas, Vegas, Texas, and now we're going back to Vegas. When is the convention? It's in uh, end of August. Okay, I'll have to make a trip up there and uh, crash with you guys for a weekend or something if you're there. Yeah, because that's four hours, not far. Right. Um, yeah, and then um, and then I think after that we're going to Anaheim. I heard, so I'm not sure. It's so. a strange place for a convention. Yeah. Have you heard anything about your E3 pass yet this year? 
nothing. You need to get I on got that. denied. I got denied from E3, the thing. My alumni, the one they offered me for being an alumni, that was denied. Apparently. You've only gone every year. I've only gone every year for the last four years or something. But, yeah, apparently I don't have enough credentials. To get yeah, it. but GameStop has always given, given out game uh, store yep, manager. I just haven't, haven't heard that yet. And uh, I'll probably talk and bring it up on next week and to my, my boss's boss. You know, so. Get on that because I don't want to go alone. And if I have to go alone, there's that chance I might not go. Ooh. And that would suck, especially this year. But here's the thing that I'm thinking about going anyway, even if I don't get the ticket. Because there are ways to get tickets. Oh, to are get there? Passes. Well, look at last year. Well, the thing is, you could also purchase a pass. I am not spending $500. Uh, 900 Yeah, I'm not doing that. Unless Mana Tank is paying for that. I don't know. Unless we have a real generous listener out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to go, but I'm not going to. I guess I won't be hurt if I don't get the chance to go. You should be, because last year's fun. Uh, I want to go again, man. I really would like to hang out with you guys. And I guess it's just you. Since... Now nah, Ben will be there. Then we'll actually have Ben on the Ben's show. I Ben's going. Ben's the same boat I'm in. Yeah, but if you get a pass, he'll get a pass. And That's true. Well, I don't know. It's we'll have to, for that week, we'll have to convert Factory Sealed into a E3 podcast. Right. So we got to get a moonshine cast again properly. Oh man, don't even. I'm still. I got to give you care about that because you know how much I had a drink to get that show to be good, and you just threw it away. I did. <laughs> I did. It's so disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. Uh, I I I can I can say though that I know how bad you feel because I was seeing the look on your face the next morning. Oh, and I went from and... super drunk to instantly sober in a matter of. 30 seconds. Yeah, you you were like the kid on Christmas who got to open his his new game and realized <laughs> there was no game in the box. Like his parents got a Xbox 360 <laughs> box and stuffed it with socks and underwear. You, you had you yeah, pretty much. I you wanted been a bad boy that year or something. I wanted to polish off the rest of that bottle of moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good so, night. I still have that bottle, believe it or that's not. That's good. I would I would it's a it's it's a dead warrior right there. I'm taking it up to Vegas this week. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's it's going to be... Man, that's been brewing for a while. It has. It's probably going to be a little bit more of a kick. I can only hope. Yeah. So, suppose mm. we should... Uh, we should probably talk about some games. We but speaking of guests, by the way, we're we'll talking about this bringing on the 4th. It, it might be a good idea because... Uh, I'm going to be busy myself with other stuff going on, just life in general. Mm-hmm. So I might not have the time to dedicate um, to the show in the next couple of weeks so any of those people might want to come on might be good to not have maybe a fourth maybe that third person to fill in for me uh, if it ever gets that way well you should probably make sure you're there for the 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 two i will try to be there for the intro I guess be, i'll be there for the super special one for sure i've already got it in okay. the calendar now that you mentioned it so okay well we'll figure be there out. to meet everybody i just want not be able to make like i said the whole yeah a lot of time so like I said, we're still kind of on the fence about whether or not we want to bring in a fourth, uh, just trying it out. So hopefully hopefully Matt doesn't take offense. I don't think so. He he uh, he seemed like he could, he understood. Yeah. I, I could be totally wrong and he could be like, you know, give me the finger right now. But <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Jess is probably instigating it. 
Oh, I'm sure she is. Telling so probably, everybody. There's only like three people who live in Canada, so they're probably talking right oh, now. Oh, they've like, got to be. Listen to that dick. If you haven't figured out, <laughs> we are going to take Jess and just throw her under every bus that comes by this every show. Bus we could. Even the buses that are drawn by equine species. <laughs> Horse-drawn carriages? I think that's, that's, right. that's the words you were looking carriages. for. Um, I was trying to use equine. You know. oh, that's right. We do have to try to work that in, we, don't we? We haven't got, successfully done it ten times yet. Ten. So. Um, so last week, we decided to... I think we only decided on two games, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, you guys were going to play some of the time-traveling games. The I think like we're in the world or the Carmen San Diego games where there's yeah. world or time. Where in time is Carmen San Diego? The Mario Time Machine, I believe. Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jess. Yeah. Mario Time Machine. Mario's Time Machine. And yeah. where in the world is... Where in time is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, we're in time. So, I know that you played where in time is Carmen yes. San Diego. I played quite a bit of that, but I also played Mario's Time Machine, and I know Jess played both games, so I can speak on her behalf of both because she and I both had some very colorful discussion All right. earlier this week about Mario's Time Machine. All right. But uh, you played Mario's Time Machine when you were younger, hadn't you? A long time ago. I don't remember a whole lot of it. I, 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 here's what I remember about video games. If it was not that cool to me, I don't remember jack crap about it. <laughs> so I just let it go. It's kind of like that I whole really mindset game, comes. I remember. It's like that whole mindset comes full circle again now, except the fact that you still, even in modern games, you still play through the whole game, but you get to the end of it and you're like, wow, I, I couldn't tell you what that game was about. Right. You just play right through. You just trudge yourself along. And now it's easier because they give you the ability to skip cutscenes. They do that, or also they have it so like they give you so many side quests. Yeah. And I'm a big side quest person that by the time I know the side quest, I have no freaking clue what the heck the main quest door I was doing was. Yeah, that's why I've made a I've made a point of before. I know this is a sidestep, but we'll get back to what we need to get back to. But uh, with modern games, I will. Find first of all, find out if you're able to continue playing the game after you beat the main story, and if that's the case, I'll beat the main story and then do all the side quests. Back through, yeah. Or I will do all the side quests first and then do the main story. Hmm. So yep, twins all that lays out. Um, I don't remember playing much of Mario's Time Machine as a kid. I do remember playing it though because it was a Mario game, and when I first got my Super Nintendo, I had to have everything Mario. Right. And I think you're on to something with that that it I didn't care about it. It's like it's like Mario Paint. I didn't care at all about Mario Paint. So I have no real memories of that game and, and how I experienced it. It's nothing like my memories of Super Mario World and Mario sixty four and stuff like that. But I do remember vaguely playing this and going back to, to play it now, I can probably imagine that seven-year-old Eric hated this game. <laughs> All right. Because the whole concept of it, and a, a game like this is cool in concept, but they it's terrible in execution because it may be the fact that I didn't have an instruction manual because back then games really 
laid a lot of stuff out for you in the first few pages of the manual. Like, here's what the controller does, all the buttons, and then this is what how you're supposed to do this, that, and the other thing. It's before they, they incorporated mandatory tutorials. Okay. And when you first drop into the game, it's just, you're Mario, and you're in this castle with these six pillars in front of you, and on top of each pillar is a different artifact. And essentially... Um, from what I can remember of the story that I skipped through at the beginning, Bowser is, is is traveling through time, stealing different artifacts. And you have to take these artifacts that he's brought back to his castle back to their original time. So All right. you get into the castle at the beginning, you walk up to one of these pillars, and you grab the item. And then you can open up... I don't know how I figured this out, but you can hit the the R button and it opens up this two pages of text. It's like a multiple choice test. Okay. So this game is full on educational. Uh, so you the the whole the way it's supposed to be played is that you grab these items and you should know a couple of the answers. It'll give you a story about this item. Like the first one was was Joan of Arc and her shield. So it'll read through kind of the story of Joan of Arc, and it'll leave little blanks like what year she was born, where mm-hmm. she was born, um, what country she was a part of, who her king was, and stuff like that. And you should be able to fill in a couple of them on your own. So right. when you fill in a couple of them, it'll give you a location and a year at the top. So then okay. you can back out and open up your time machine, which, again, they don't tell you how to do. You just have to start pressing buttons till this big golden clock descends from the ceiling. And on there are, th- like, five wheels. You have um, one for the, the location, and then a bunch for the date, and then one at the bottom that says BC and AD. So you have to be able to decipher where to go from one of those documents before you can actually go there. So... Um, with the one from Joan of Arc, you have to go to Orleans. I think it's like Orleans 1492 or some stupid number like that. So you travel there. And again, this is the way it's supposed to be played. And it's not the way that I played it, but I'm going to okay. relate it to you how it's supposed to be played. So you take this artifact there and mm-hmm. there are different people that you can interact with. And it's kind of a, a text based. It's, it's definitely text driven because you can open up a door and somebody will be there and, you can ask them questions or you can offer them the shield or whatever artifact you have. And they'll clearly say, no, that's not mine. That's Joan of Arc's. And then they'll give you like this little quip. And in that quip is another answer to the document. And once you answer all the questions within the document, you can go to the person within that time period and give them the item and you're done. Okay. But what's really stupid, and this is where Jess and I had some really colorful conversations, is that when you tra- when you time travel, apparently in Mario's universe, time traveling, you jump through the, the, the vortex, and before you can get to 1492 Orleans, you have to go through a surfing minigame. Okay. It's the dumbest thing. You're just in this big open ocean, and there are little spikes, and then there are whirlpools, and then there are mushrooms. And the whole point is to collect 10 mushrooms without hitting a spike or falling in a whirlpool. And then after you get 10 mushrooms, you fall in a whirlpool and boom, you travel through time. Alrighty. But the kicker is that the mushrooms disappear. Or it could be a game glitch where they just kind of clip out. 
So it's impossible to see where these things are. There was one time where I was probably surfing for a good 10 or 15 minutes. All right. It's so dumb. It's it's the dumbest thing. So that's the way you're supposed to play through it. The way that I played through it was I opened up all the documents. I searched for all the answers. I I would say probably four out of the six documents I knew almost all of the answers for because it's just it's a history game for kids. So they're well, very, very, very right. generic. So you can highlight one of the spaces and it gives you a list. So if you really want to be tedious about it, you can go through and try every single answer. And once you unlock it, then it gives you the time. You go to that location, give the person the artifact. And if you're, if your knowledge of history is as good as it should be, you could probably blast through this game in an hour. All right. So if I, with my art, with my history minor, I should be just fine. Though. I was going to say, I don't think your art, <laughs> art history is not going to come in. Uh, but I, you know, I, I got a BA in, in communications and a well, minor in history, so you should be able to plow through this game right quick. Right, it's it's not bad. It's not a game for adults. I could honestly see this game being really cool for a kid because it's going to expose them to different situations. And I think that this game might be one of the reasons that I kind of grew up having this strange fascination with Joan of Arc because. Okay. I remember this because it's the I think it's the first item on the podium and and I would always pop this game in and play it and I would just go through the podium so I always was seeing this Joan of Arc situation and story so I'd read articles and stories and and watch movies about Joan of Arc and it's just one of my favorite historical figures and I, I I can't say for certain but I think I can trace it back to Mario's time machine oh, which is kind of neat cool. because we've talked before about how video games can have a definite impact like we did with Parasite right. Eve where. When I was taking uh, chemistry, I thought about the mitochondria and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought maybe it was Mila Jovovich. In, uh, I've got a, I, I've got a special place in my heart for her. Hmm. Cool. So, comparing this game to Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, what, uh, what was your experience with that game? Well, I played the the NES version of it. I think that's the only version where in time, isn't there? Or is there a Super Nintendo version? I thought there was a Super Nintendo. I know there was a PC version of it, which I played in school back in the day. Um, but yeah, the one I had access to was the where in time for the NES. And it's um, it's very simple, yet complicated game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, because you have the thing and you have to go to the lobby or go... Sign your name, and then it's also a spot where you can, you know, you get your save passwords to go in and do that for your HR. Then you go to the the lobby or something, like an elevator thing, and you choose where you want to go. And then when you go to one spot, they say, "Hey, you need to go find her," and you have so much time to go find Carmen San Diego. I felt and like an absolute moron when I first put this game in because <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to get out of the elevator. <laughs> and I would go down to the lobby and take me back to the title screen or I would go down right. to the basement and it would show me the credits and and I couldn't I, I still don't know I think I just got lucky because I started hammering on the buttons right. I got up to the um, administration office and I'm just hitting both A and B and suddenly my cursor popped over to the door I'm like okay here we go right. yeah and then you get there and then you see hey welcome if you're new type in your name or if you're yeah if you're new hire type in your name and if you've been here before just type in your security code and so then you would go and then you have i think the first mission you have 30 
32 hours or 36 hours to find, uh, no, 38 hours, I think it was. I think it's 36 hours. for the first mission. Okay, 36 was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have 36 hours to find her, and basically you go in and you have an option. Um, on the bottom, it's like, uh, what is it? It's uh, You have search, uh, data, abort. And so basically you can go in and search and you can talk to a witness or talk to an informant. And then uh, what's the other choice? The other one is so scan when you, the user scanner. So when you, you – um, boy, I just compl- – I can't put a sentence together right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to my world, Holy sir. cow. So you're in, the, you're in the office and they give you what's called a chrono skimmer. Yeah, chrono scammer. Yeah, chrono scanner. Apparently, you work for this agency that yeah, Acme, the Acme agency, that detects time crimes, mm-hmm. and they send you out to back back in time to track down this person who's stolen something important. Right, and uh, for some reason, they only allot you a certain amount of time to go back in time, which. Right. Well, because know. it's it's because they you have so much time, but also that's how they track how many mistakes you can make. Oh yeah. Okay. Because you know they otherwise you can just do it forever, and you'd find her no matter what. Yeah. You know? So your your first mission, the way that I understand it, this game's really long. There's a lot of different scenarios. I think I've I think Jess was telling me there's upwards of like 300 different uh, Holy scenarios God. or 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 missions. So. Okay. Um, they they send you out. They'll give you this little brief rundown, and they're pretty generic. Um, and some of them kind of overlap each other, so you can tell that it's kind of like this this skill tree where they just piece things right. together. But um, and it's also very it's an informative game. Like it's very oh, educational. Totally. And and now that Google exists, if you were to play this game now, you could probably beat this game in ten minutes. Yeah, easily. But it's <laughs> it's really cool because they drop you into these different locations. They'll say, hey, we're transporting you back to 1402 Holland. And then there are, th- like you were saying, there are three three options at the bottom. Right. You have uh, travel, search, and data. And then there's abort. Yeah, travel if, is the other one. That's if you don't you want to continue this mission. So search brings it up, and you have the option to talk to a witness. Witness, right. And the witness informants kind of give you the same information. Sometimes so, they give you something a little different. Right. But, but uh, it's basically telling you to go to a certain spot. And it's always like a clue like she was reading a title of a book. Yeah. Or her eyes were the color of a stormy day or something, you know. Yeah. Um, and that stuff is – it took me a few missions to figure it out because I was just kind of ignoring that stuff. I would always go to the third option under search and just do scanner. And right. a scanner will bring up an object. And most of the time there's – there's the option to scan it again, and it will give you further information. So one of them came up, and it was like it said a, an ancient kimono. And if you don't know what a kimono is, you can hit scan again, and it will tell you a kimono is a Japanese uh, nightgown or a Japanese dress. And that's right. kind of your clue to to travel to Japan. Right. But um, I started from there. You do the same. You do the same thing, and then. Also, if you do a scanner, you always catch a henchman. That's usually after then you find the object. Yeah. And every option that you use takes time off of your clock. And I think, like, talking to the informant takes two hours and talking to a witness takes a couple hours and each scan takes a couple hours. So you are kind of limited in how much you can do. But it took me a while, a few missions, to figure out that what the informant and the... um, 
witness were saying were actually important because under the data tab, you can enter the hair color, um, the eye color. Um, what else can you enter in there? The author of a book they were reading. And what else is there? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was the other book and the artist because they talk about they'll yeah. talk about a painting every now and then. Yeah. So. I never got enough information. I always kept failing this because I was just trying to chase after a person. So what happens if you actually fill out that data form properly? So if you fill it out properly, they're supposed to give you like the answer. So it'll scan and they'll be like, they can give you who, who you're looking for, basically, like a name that you're trying to find. Huh. Um, so th- your first mission you get 36 hours for. Yeah. And then if you find that person... Actually, if you run out of time, you'll get a message from the commissioner of the time, whatever, the time crime institution, and uh, he'll tell you you failed your mission. This will go into the unsolved file case, and then they'll give you a new one. So there's really no way to to fail the game. You just have to keep going and going and going. But um, did you? How many missions did you get through that you actually passed? Uh, well, I didn't get through one. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I started playing before we got on the show. I probably played through, and this game's this game is a lot more difficult than. As a matter of fact, I'm playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they launched. You launched the Chrono Skimmer, is what it's called. Okay. Yeah, and uh, this was a totally random. The first mission is completely different than the one I did before the show. Yeah. There Man. there are a lot of missions. I probably played through 10 or 15 different missions and they're interesting because each location that you go to you'll you'll learn a different historical fact. So, I could honestly see uh both of these games being used in an educational capacity. Right. Well, that's where I learned it from like when I was in school and then there was that uh, television show uh, it might be was part of Reading Rainbow or one of those mm-hmm. um, where they brought in Carmen San Diego like at the show, and it was like a part of the thing, and so you'd have to guess. Very much like Dora Explorer, only more complicated. Yeah. You know, and you'd have to find the clues of what's... Uh... I I really liked this game. I really... Yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm going to have fun playing it. I might have my daughter give it a shot. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely... Uh, I know that we were talking a few shows ago about... Um, gaming and when to get your kids into gaming. And I definitely think these two games, Mario's Time Machine and Where in Time are Carmen San Diego, are definitely games that you could either give your kids to play or play with your kids. Right. But not Goof Troop. <laughs> not Goof Troop, he says. <laughs> not Goof Troop. So you didn't get <laughs> you didn't get to sound off on Goof Troop last week. I didn't, and and lucky for me, I guess I wasn't able to, because that was on the SNES, right, in the Genesis. Uh yes. Yeah, I didn't have a copy of that game to play. So you are a lucky, lucky man. <laughs> I know that I told some of our listeners that I would go back and play it again, but you know what? I can't bring myself to do I, it after after that show. There are two things that, that I listened to at that show. One, you really, really, really hated that game. <laughs> <laughs> and and Matt was trying, uh, bless his heart, was trying to, you know, say that he liked the game. Yeah. Um, and he was probably parts of that he liked. And I really, it made me want to play the game as much as you hated it and as much as he was trying to, uh, you know, say, hey, this game is actually pretty good. You should really give it a shot. Uh, I was really intrigued to play it. Plus... 
the person, I can't remember who it was who sent the email in initially saying that he, this was one of his fondest games and he had the, the playlist. Um, I really want to play this game for him because if, if he's, if he was serious, then I really want to try it out. Um, but also I'm, I'm, the way it was totally bashed on that show, I'm I'm kind of hoping that he was trying to throw a fast one at us. I don't think it was. This was this was Leonid a studio, and uh, uh, I don't think he was trying to pull a fast one on us. But like, because it, there are a lot of games that I I used to play as a kid that no people, most people didn't like at all. So it makes me question if this is one of the fondest memories that he has of childhood gaming. He must not have played many good games as a child. And, I mean, when you're in that situation, you have to make the best out of what you have. So if you have just mountains of crappy games, you're going to have to pick a favorite of those. You follow me? Right. Yep. And I I don't want to say that's what it is, but Goof Troop being one of your most memorable games as a kid I oof. yeah I don't know and humming the songs too like I I listened to last week's show again and you're right I was just spewing hatred about that game and I oh. generally don't like to be like that um, right because I like games I like to give a lot of games a fair shot but there is just something about that game that just did not sit well with me Right. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to... Uh, I, I'm not going to re- rescind any of my opinions from last show. Okay. So, Fair are enough. you said you still are going to give it a shot, though? I still got to find it. If I can get a hold of a emulator to play it, I will. Everyone I have does not work properly. I did see a copy of it at my local retro store the other day, and uh, I almost bought it purely out of spite. You know, I'm gonna. I might be your gift. Every year, I might buy you a copy of Goof Troop. <laughs> and every year, and every, every year, year, he'll know how much more I admire you by the more amount of money that I spend on this rare game because some guy is buying up all the copies of Goof Troop. Well, and then the supply is getting thinner and thinner because every year around Easter, you're going to get a package with just a melted copy of Goof Troop. <laughs> That'd be good. We gotta we gotta send some copies to Jess though. So event, you know what? That's a fantastic idea. Over the course of like the next fifteen years, whether or not we're still doing this show, we can just buy up all the copies of Goof Troop and destroy them. So this game is gone. And then we can just we can film it. Yes, like, and then like the burning of bras. And then flags. we can find out where they buried all those copies of ET out in the desert and dig a hole next to them and bury Goof Troop. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate that game. <laughs> well, uh, clearly you haven't played enough bad games to appreciate how good Goof Troop really is. Maybe, maybe I maybe should. Maybe you should play Haze. <sighs> how about Brink? I could, I could play some Brink. Brink, Brink's good. Dude, I like Brink. Shut up. That game was good. What else did you play this week? You sent me a text All message right. earlier this week that had just, just a huge list of games you played. Yeah. I had uh, I had a day off, and uh, I was like, I'm going to play some of these games that I've never played before, and uh, or heard of before, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I played. I played Ten Yard Fight. Is it Ten Yard Fight or Ten? 
Yeah, that's that football game, right? Yeah, it's a football game, ten yard fight. Okay. I played uh played that base wars. Well let's hold on, let's talk about ten yard fight. Okay. So ten yard fight uh was on the Nintendo system. This is a it was one of the, the really first games. Early yeah, really. sports early. game. Early sports games. And it's one of the ones like this is before Tech Mobile even, I believe. I yeah. And Simpler to play than Tecmo Bowl, but harder at the same time. I played with my competition being Super Bowl caliber. Okay. I don't know what team I was. I don't know what team they were. I just picked two random teams. I don't even know. I think I was Texas and they were St. Louis, to be honest, I think. Ten Yard Fight came out five full years before Tecmo Bowl. Right. That's a whole console generation. And I believe there were only nine players on the field if i did my math yes there are nine there's nine and uh you you choose on offense there's well there is no play calling it is there's a, a receiver that will run from the right all the way to the left and anytime between that run you can hike the ball and that guy will just run forward from that point on you can hit the a button to pass to him or you can hit the b button to throw it to one of your running backs, which is between you and your, your quarterback yeah, on each side. And then from that point, as long as they don't run too far forward, they can actually still throw the ball to the receiver. Yeah. On defense, you control one of two people, either on the right side of the field or the left side of the field. And so then they, you, you can run and get in the way of the receiver or try to tackle whoever has the ball. And it's kind of uh, easy to pick out which side you want to be on, depending on what side of the field you're on, is yeah. where they're going to go with it. It's pretty now, simple AI. I played this game, and for almost the entire first quarter, it was interception followed by interception. And now this is on both sides. This now, is me intercepting and them intercepting. <laughs> interception, 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 wait, interception. You actually got to play on defense? Yeah. I thought the, the way that I was playing it, maybe I was just that good, but I was only ever on offense. Well, you have to be on defense at some point because after you score a touchdown, you kick the ball off to the other team. No, when I as soon as I scored a touchdown, I was back on offense again. No, that is not how mine worked. Mine, I would score a touchdown and I'd kick the ball off to the other team. I was going to so say, because like that seemed really strange because I, I scored a, a, a touchdown. Maybe, Maybe you were playing both offense and defense. <laughs> Maybe you I, were... Maybe you were, you were a double playing yourself. I very well I... could have been because <laughs> the game progresses through. You just you basically start the game and then it progresses through five difficulties. I think it's high school, college, yeah. professional, school. playoff, and Super Bowl. Yeah, and I just chose Super Bowl. And the whole concept of the game is to, isn't it? Once you, once you score, then that difficulty level is done. No, for me, well, like I said, for me, I did the Super Bowl. I played an entire game. So you, you went through all the difficulties? Well, I played through, I, I just like I said, I went in, I chose the teams that I wanted to play, mm-hmm. and I chose the competency level of my of my other team, which I was Super Bowl. Okay. So I didn't, like, play a season or anything. Because I remember like when I scored my first touchdown, then high school flashed across the screen, and then suddenly everything got a lot tougher. Well, maybe that's the difference, because I went and traced the Super Bowl, so I was oh, already okay. at the top level. So I went to the top level, and basically what happened is I got the ball. I ran, you know, there's like five guys surrounding you, and they come at you, and then you're trying to get by them, and they just, you know, tackle you or whatever. And then you play as a quarterback, and you hike it. And then basically what happens is 
if there's any defender in your way at the Super Bowl level mm-hmm. and you throw the ball, it's going to get intercepted. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Same wow. with the, on their team, when they had the ball and they, were, they threw to their receiver and there was a guy, one of my team in front of them, it was going to get intercepted. So I really went through the first whole half of the game with just back-to-back interceptions until finally they got a chance to get the ball. And because of all the interceptions, we, we were finally at midfield and they were finally able to get to a spot where they could score because I couldn't tackle them because like, I picked the wrong guy for defense, basically. So I was too far away to catch him. <laughs> then it came down to them kicking the ball off to me. I almost ran it in for a touchdown off of that kickoff return, and then all of a sudden it was like the end of the half. <laughs> we had to go into the other half. Jeez. And, uh, again, defense-wise, a lot of interceptions, and then they got – they did end up scoring again, then I scored once. But, yeah, it was back and forth. Um, the best yeah. – what I found the best time to do any sort of damage is on kickoff because for some reason there's only five people on defense for kickoff. Right. And then there's nine people on offense. And it's kind of set up like reverse Space Invaders, where there are eight people surrounding the one guy who catches the ball. And when you move your guy that has the ball, everybody else kind of moves with you. And you can kind of drive the defenders into the people that are trying to tackle you. So you can kind of finagle your way through. And there's a couple times where I was able to actually make it all the way through and get a, a, a touchdown off kickoff. But... um Definitely not in the later difficulties. It gets really difficult. All right. Yeah, I mean it is tougher. Like I said, it was a it was a fun game for me. I enjoyed. How did you hear about this game? Because I've never heard about it before. It was on my list of games um, in the new ROM package that I found. Oh. It it has uh, a ton of games and a lot of Japanese games only. Oh, geez. So I had a lot of fun. So it's cool. It's it's definitely it's an early, early, early football game. It's and definitely early, and uh, it's it's very basic and, and kind of easy once you figure out how to play the game. Yeah. Um, but still difficult enough where like yeah, you're like come on, damn, I see one more, I need two more yards, you know, things like that. And ball changes over. And things. Apparently, when it came out, I was reading a little bit about this game too. Apparently, when it came out, it was heralded as like one of the top games or top sports games of its time like this is a game by which all other football games will be compared because right it, and it is very much uh you know you can definitely see somewhere tecmo would have came in and got some ideas to improve on yeah whereas that one you had to choose the plays you wanted to do or this one it was literally just the one play yep. and it was thinking strategically wise because that guy would run across the field from right to left and you could choose when you wanted to hike the ball yeah so sometimes you'd watch the defense, and depending on how the defense is lined up, is where you'd have that guy go because the defense pretty much just runs straight forward until yep. you pass the ball. <laughs> so I liked it. It's yeah. it's definitely a lot of fun. I think. Can you play two players on one console with it? You you can. Yeah, there was the option. I believe. I think if I players. could find an actual copy of this, this would be a fun game to play two players because I could see where you could really have a ton of fun with it. Right. But uh, the the AI in the high school and college level is kind of dumb. But once you get up to playoff and Super Bowl, it gets ridiculously right. I'll, I'll hard. I'll give that game a go again. I'll try that from starting from that high school point or whatnot. So, but I'm pretty sure. Let me open it up right now. Matter of fact, let me just close this. Let's see how it opens up here. Because I just thought it was, hey, press start and here your characters have. Oh added. yeah, right right away on the home screen, you get a one player game or a two player game option. Uh-huh. Um, select your skill level. For your opponent, I literally just went to Super Bowl team. Okay. Now this time I'll click high school team. 
High school team, you should be able to run it back off the kickoff. All right, let's or find get, out. Or get at least to, like, the 30-yard line on the other side of the right. 50. Well, they move, they move a lot faster. <laughs> the de- the defenders? And even the offense yeah. runs a little bit. Huh. Seems like they are anyway. I don't know. I wasn't a huge Tech Mobile f- uh, fan. I mean, I, I gonna, liked it. I ran, I'm going to run this in for a kickoff return. Yeah, it's kind of easy so, on you know. high school. Well, now, now the defenders apparently can run fast now, apparently. They just ran literally 15. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Rubber band AI, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It's simple, but for its time. I mean, you have to remember the first right. Japanese version of this game came out 30 years ago. Right. Um, but it's still fun to play. It's a ton of fun to play. It's To, to me, it kind of reminded me of those early handheld football games do you remember the one that yeah. just oh yeah like the like the handheld yeah the it didn't have characters it didn't have moving pixels it had no lcd screen it was just lights do you remember that right yeah i remember that i played those all the time what was that thing called it was by it was by tiger games it was yeah. one of those tiger ones what is that stupid thing i still have one in storage somewhere i just scored a touchdown so let's see what happens i gotta think of the name of it it is a I know it was just called it was just called football. Yep. Um, I'm it was a major sure it was, it was like quarterback it was, club or something like that. No, the one that I'm thinking of was it was it was beige and it had the the stadium on it sideways and there were ten, nine or 10 rows of LEDs with three lights on each. And then the the football would move that way. It was just called football. I know that, and it was made by the uh, it was made by a major toy company, um, not Hasbro. It, I thought it was Tiger. It was Tiger Games. No, it was, it was Mattel. Like, Mattel. Mattel but it made wasn't it. Wasn't a Tiger Games? I remember people would come in still and ask for a Tiger game. Yeah, Tiger and it only had six buttons on it. It had up and down, and then it had a button that was left and right. It was just one mm-hmm. button, and then it had um, three buttons on the left. I can't remember what they do. I know one of them was kick. I gotta see if I can find that stupid thing. Hmm. Yeah, fine, because I know there was tons of those things that came out. I I bet you Tiger did make one. I know Tiger did because that's that's the I was like the main cool one that you can get. I would love to find one of those things again. So, but yeah. By the way, I just scored a, t- a kickoff or uh, scored a touchdown, and then they kicked it off. I had to kick it off to them, and then chased them down. So, hmm. and it did say high school first half. Okay. So, Maybe that's what it was then. So you have to play through a full career mode of it. Right. So you were all saying sports games. I know, actually, this kind of touches on one of our emails from this week. Um, should I read it right now since it's we're kind of touching on it? Yeah, go for it. i got to pull it up. I just closed it. Where is it? Maybe it's from... Oh, it's from uh, Nick Stevens. Oh, yep. He was telling us, how about some retro sports games? I love sports games on the 8 and 16-bit consoles and still play them to this day. Ken Griffey Jr., baseball, RBI, Tecmo Bowl. Did you guys play any sports games growing up? find myself hating the current generation sports games. I don't have time to manage teams, create plays, make sure my roster is happy with contracts. So stupid. So, yeah. I like touching on this because I did play. I actually played quite a few uh, retro sports games for this week. So the next one you mentioned is actually one that that is really, really 
cool for me because I grew up playing Base Wars. Um, I'm not a big sports person. I, mm-hmm. I did sports. I ran track. I ran cross country. Played basketball, golf, but I really don't care about sports. Um, you know, March Madness rolls around, and I don't give a shit. Uh, I I don't really follow teams in the NFL. Uh, I'm not a huge sports person, but Base Wars for me is like the best of the best in sports games. Okay. Have you you have you played it before just this week? No. Oh, Aaron. This game is like It's all good. I fixed it. I got it. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Did you break something? My daughter's dropping stuff all over the I place. Fixed it. It's all good. All right. All right. So, anyway. So, yeah, no, I haven't I never I play I don't think I ever played baseball before. I um, have really really fond memories of Base Wars because when I was in, I apparently suck because I couldn't hit the ball. For oh, it's super difficult. It's better when you play <laughs> it with two people. And I went back and played it again this week, so it's just kind of coincidence that you and I played it at the same time. And I forgot just how hard this game is. But I have really, really fond memories. And regardless of how terrible I am at it now, I feel like this is one of those games that I have cemented in as so near and dear to me because of 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 my memories of it as a kid. Um, my parents got divorced when I was in like second grade and I'd always go over to my dad's house and visit and he had the NES and he had a copy of Base Wars. And whenever I would come over, he and I would always sit and play Base Wars. And that was just kind of the way that he and I would bond over that. But, um, so Base Wars basically is a futuristic baseball game. It's actually really, really in depth for the, for its time. And there's a bunch of different types of robots, everything from like, they're almost like centaur type robots where they've got all of them have upper bodies of humans. Right. Some of them are just like Android style human bodies. Then they've got yep. the, the robots on a unicycle. They've got the hovercraft robots and they've got the tank robots. And each one has different abilities and strengths and weaknesses. Um, but, What else? Yeah, I remember uh, I was, you could hold down the button to get the pitch, and you could do certain things. You know, like you can curve the ball and things. Yeah, there's a lot um, you can do with pitching then, on uh, this, right? And then, uh, but the batting you had was really tough uh, to because you were stuck as a batter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. They would show the pitch based on where you were standing and things. Well, I you could move that. around the batter's box too. Yep, you could, but then exactly, but then the, the pitcher would wait to see what he was going to throw, depending on where you were ending up your stance. Yeah, there and are. That was in my opinion, that's the way it looked like to me. So. And you can charge up your shot to make it go faster. So if you hold, I believe, if you you charge up your shot and you hit and you hold up, the ball will react to whichever direction you're holding on the D pad. And what's kind yep. of frustrating is that if you just pitch the ball, you can actually make it do like an S shape as it's flying towards you. It makes it really, really, really hard to hit. Um, or you can drop it down to the ground and then at the last second, pull it up. And it's, it's really difficult to hit the ball. But once you finally do, um, the, the game really gets started in the outfield where if you go to tag somebody out or you throw the ball and try to get them out, rather than it just being you're out, right? it turns into a fist fight between the two robots. So it it has nothing to do with skill and who got there first or if they really tagged him out. It's basically who can kick the other person's ass. Did you ever get to any of those? No. I got the chance of them hit me and I got to throw people out, but 
I know in the two when you get they stole bases, you could just beat them up or destroy them or something. Yeah, but I wasn't apparently wasn't that cool to do that. Yeah, it's it's really cool because there's a health bar and it almost turns into like this one on one fighting game and there's a bunch of different moves you can do and the person that loses blows up and that character's gone and then hey you're safe. But perhaps the coolest part of the game, if you play a full nine innings and you're just a huge dick as a pitcher, you can actually hit the 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 robots. You can hit the batter. And they have a little life bar down down in their, their statistics. And towards the end of the game, if you've hit that one batter enough, they'll eventually explode. And for some reason, I absolutely okay. loved that. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a nonsensical, violent baseball game, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. So I still go back and play this game all the time. Because I've tried playing modern MLB games. And like Nick said, I have no time for managing teams and rosters. And I don't care what my pitcher's statistics are. I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about if my team is going to need to move or get a new stadium. I just want to play baseball. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good game. It's a good baseball game. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of neat. They've got cool animations for when you hit home runs. That, uh, apparently you're playing in this stadium out in space and, ball goes flying off into the the uh, galaxy and it's a really really neat game i kind of wish that franchises like this hadn't died because it was really innovative for its time actually i don't think it was i don't think you could really classify it as innovative because everything at that time was innovative because everything was new but nowadays we don't see any truly innovative sports games they're all just kind of cut and paste yeah right. it, with the xbox the and they had a couple like you know the blitzes and uh yeah whatever one they've kind of gone down a little bit and well you know like so the xbox much. they had had outlaw golf and and stuff where you could beat up your caddy and and stuff like that but i think reviving some of these older franchises like base wars in a modern setting and you know for those diehards if you want to include team management and rosters and stuff like that that'd be fantastic but you could revive this franchise I think it would sell incredibly well. I think so. I would love to see that this type of game, like I said, a rematch with these new higher higher graphics and things. Mm-hmm. That'd be really neat. Um, the other game I played, and this kind of, uh, I know we've been singing a lot of praises, but uh, this game kind of didn't sit too well with me based on what I remember. And okay. The show that Christian was on, uh, I think it was like episode four or five, we talked a lot about Mutant League football. Yes. And there was a counterpart to that called Mutant League Hockey, which I don't remember playing as much of, but I do still remember enjoying it because it was a Mutant League series game. So mm-hmm. I popped that back in and, and played a few games of that, and I I did not have fun playing it. Um, it might be because I'm not a huge hockey fan, but it did not have the same... The, the same flow, it didn't have the same feel, the same energy as Mutant League football. Um, it was a lot slower paced, and it just, it didn't pull me in as much as Mutant League football. Okay. So, to those of you who took our advice and played Mutant League football, you can try hockey, but you have to be a really big hockey fan. It's kind of, it's the same concept. You've got the different stadiums where, um, there's different pitfalls or landmines or you can throw them off the edge or stuff like that. If you check somebody hard enough, they'll explode and die. So it's it's still got that gratuitous 
gore to it, but it's just mm-hmm. not nearly as much fun as Mutant League Football. But that's right. another series right there that I would love to see them revive. Right. I'll do that one a, a shot. Uh, what was the name of a... Time. They did a PC game not too long ago called Bloodsport. Oh, it was Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. And Blood Bowl was based off the Warhammer um, game they had where basically using the Warhammer figurines, like, you know, the orcs and all those, on a football field. But it was kind of like Mutant League football, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think we were talking about that when we brought it up, too, a little bit like that. It's too bad that didn't do better. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, well, there's only so many fans of that, you know, who knew what Blood Bowl was, so. Yeah, that's and true. And the people who did know what Blood Bowl was were not impressed with that game, apparently. So. Yeah. Hmm. What else did you crack open this week? Because what else did I do? I that's did, I did that's a lot. it for sports games, isn't it? Or did we play any more? Yeah, I think that was it for the sports games hmm. that I played. Actually, one more side note. Um, as as I'm thinking about it. The only Super Nintendo sports game that I really enjoyed was MLBPA Baseball. For some reason, that was, for me, my sister and I would play hours upon hours upon hours of MLBPA Baseball. So if you're looking for a good retro baseball game that's not stupid and kind of more geared in reality, check that one out. Sounds good. Let's see, I played a lot um, for switching over here. I played Top Gun. Oh, let's talk about Top Gun. Top Gun was a blast. Top Gun was... I had to get refueled, and then I got pissed off. Fantastic. I love Top Gun. That was a great game back in the day, and it was just as much fun playing it. Oh, absolutely. Only this time, I could land the plane pretty easily, because I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I, I play a lot of flight sim games. I love the Ace Combat series. I love Microsoft Flight Simulator. And this game, for being made in the 80s, was a ton of fun. Oh, it was really good. It's very, very, very simplistic, but right. Um, but it, it's it's challenging enough where you know you take off and everything's kind of preloading to the get up in the air, and you go you go up, down, left, right, you know things like that. You have to control your altitude so you don't crash. Um, you have so many missiles, and you have choices of missiles you can choose, but before you start, and you only have so many of those uh, to use. So if you blow them, then sometimes you can't use them when you need them. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. I would always right. just like, hey, guys, coming at me, hit him with You're a missile. Better off just blowing things up with the guns for a while until you actually need to. Well, and it only um, takes one bullet to blow anything up. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes it takes a couple bullets to kill some of the planes. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, you go through, you fly, you know, they get behind you. And it's really cool is uh, what I really thought was cool back in the day and even now was the planes, when they get behind you, you'd get on your radar, danger, danger, and it would show the plane behind you, and you had to, like, try to maneuver your way out. And if you didn't get it yeah. out in a certain amount of time, it would just blow you out of the water. Yeah, and you, so don't, have, really cool. you don't have flares or anything like that. Mm-mm. So you you just do that, and you go. Um, I got through the first uh, mission really well, and then I, you know, you get to, once you get through that, then you, you have to land the plane back on the carrier. And that's where I remember everybody got really. I remember mad that about being that really game. hard. Yeah, it used to be really hard, but this time I, I guess because I'm, I'm smarter and I can read. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it tells you how to land. Like you're going up, go up, go down, go left, go right, slow up, speed down. You know, I had more control of what was happening, just following that to go, and eventually it just gets to a point where it'll just land you then. But you don't want it flashing you to say get up, get up, go down, you know, speed left up, right. Yeah. Sometimes you'd be you could be completely even straight 
and going the right speed, and it would still tell you to go left. No, go right. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, but I, I didn't have to go right unless I went left, and you told me to go left. So, <laughs> you know, you barely move. What, but then you land. What was, uh, what was difficult was that when you're flying, they don't really give you control of your altitude or your speed, and then suddenly, hey, it's time to land. Here's control of altitude and speed. Right. Yeah. So you kind of get the both of that. And then it gets really pain in the butt when I went to the second mission and you have to go out and find this, like, aircraft carrier and destroy it. And I ended up using my missiles before I got there. Yeah. Um, and you can't really blow up an aircraft carrier with your machine no, gun. not with your guns. You have to take a lot of shots at it. And, uh, and then all of a sudden your fuel gets low. And this is the part that I got stuck on this time. And that was lining up to get refueled. Yes. Because they'll come up and this little, like, you know, there's like you've seen the movies, stuff where the fuel filter comes and it's hanging out the back of this plane. You just have to get it to lock in place. Well, in this one here, I could not for the life of me get that stupid thing in. And again, it gives you the directions go up, no, speed up, speed down, up, down. No, you're going too fast. Now slow down. I just couldn't figure out. And the problem with it I had was I couldn't figure out where it wanted me to get to. Yeah. You know, most games, okay, I need to be here, I need to line that up here so I have that to guide me by. No, this here is just it hanging in front of the screen. Yep. And you, your monitor telling you to speed up, slow down, left, right. You'd and think if you think they would have given it you flies like flies away and it says you've missed. They, you think <laughs> they would have given you like a little diamond that you would have to match up with the thing that's right. floating towards your screen. But there isn't. No. So I ended up running out of fuel and, and crashing so it was it was i liked it because it was a lot like a, f- a like a first person 1943 style game yeah ton of fun all it is yeah. you've got enemies that will fly from behind you and you can hit them from behind or you've got enemies that will come from a distance in front of you and sometimes they'll just fly by you and you can shoot them or other times they'll have missiles that they'll fire at you and you have to take care of the missiles before you can hit them so it's it's really fast-paced there's a lot of cool stuff in this mm-hmm. it's pretty simplistic but I like it. It's a great game. Right. And then another flight game that I played, um, I played Aces. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Tailspin. Uh, I'll wait for that one last. Uh, I played Aces, which was actually Iron Eagle 3 in Japan. I haven't played Aces. Was this a NES game? This is an NES game, yep. I believe this is only in Japan, maybe. I'm not 100% positive. Okay. I don't remember it in the U.S., so wait. I don't know. Is this... No, I'm thinking of Red Baron. Yeah. No, this is the yeah. this is the game that came over to America with the title of Wings. Wings? Yeah, Wings called it was Wings Aces Pilot, wasn't it? I no, never. I'm thinking of a Super Nintendo game. Never mind. Right. Yeah, Wings Ace. That's the name of that game that I love playing. That was yeah. in the arcades. I love that freaking game. I was thinking Red Baron, but it's called Wings, and you fly this like World War World War One style biplane. Oh no, they're still thinking of two different games. Yeah, Red Baron it probably is, but Wings, yeah. No, this one here you're playing this it's like it's like uh this is based on that show, you know, Iron Eagle. I don't know if you ever watched that movie back in the day with um Gossett Jr. and things like that. But uh this one here is very much like Top Gun. You you take off, you fly from your plane, you know, you have a sky and you have ocean. <laughs> and you've <laughs> and got you your choose. instrument panel. And I did that. And there's four different spots you can choose. I chose one in the ocean first. And you have the instrument panel. Still, you have so many missiles you can have. You can unload stuff, or say, I just did automatic load. And uh, you go through, very much like Top Gun, you have your your goal of blowing these three planes out of the, out of the sky. And uh, you have a couple of missiles, which um, 
for some reason I I don't know I just shot them down with my with my guns because every time I tried to use my missile it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um. But I think you have to wait for your thing to beep at you so long before the missile will go off. Anyway, so I shot those guys down, and then it got then it goes to this other weird uh, scene. And by the way, when you're flying, I should go back a little bit. When you're flying it, if you go too high, it'll say maximum altitude reach. So that's how you know how high you are. Uh-huh. And then it'll also, if you're doing a lot of spinning, like you're trying to turn a lot, it'll say you're starting to stall, and then it'll give you a warning. And so if you don't fix that, you, you'll, you'll crash. So this one's not just flying in a straight line. You can actually fly around. Yeah, you can fly around. Yeah, this okay. is very much different than Top Gun, where Top Gun, it's almost like you are can only go fly straight, kind of, the way they designed it. I mean, you can turn, but... You don't feel like you're turning. Huh. This one here, you can go upside down and things. Um, so it was really kind of cool. More of an Ace Combat style where I could play the, mo- the more modern com- Ace Combat games. Huh. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. It has a little thing. So it has, like, a in the middle of the screen, like, a little diagram for, like, the box. And then there'll be little spots showing you where your, your enemies kind of are, depending on where they are and the thing. And then I'll show the little radar. It tells you where they are, too. We can actually turn towards them. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but after you take those guys out, then it goes to this really weird, uh, I don't know, like this thing showed up, maybe it was for fuel, I don't remember. But anyway, I must have hit it, and then I go to the spot where it, then it goes to like a over-isometric view mm-hmm. of the plane, and flying over all these trees, and there's like this little like, it looks like a bullseye that you're supposed to follow. Anyway, I followed it, and then I got above it, and I shot with a missile and disappeared. <laughs> Huh. And then from that point, I didn't know what I was doing, but then I went over and I went to the left to the screen, and all of a sudden I come across this, yeah, this like little operation, like an army base, and these little tanks are shooting at you, and these little like guns are shooting at you. So you can blow them up, or you can also drop your missiles using the B button to shoot your missiles at those guys and blow them up. At that point, though, I was out of missiles. So this one seems like it's a lot more realistic flight sim. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. More of a... More, uh, up-to-date version of the uh, Top Gun, I guess you could say. Huh. And um, this is called, really, that, is, that was called Aces? It's called Aces, and then there was like Iron Eagle 3. Oh, so there's this is the third one. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's I don't know if it was based off the Iron 3 movie, and they didn't make one for the first two movies. I don't know. Um, but this was also in Japan, so everything was in Japanese. Oh. So the main storyline I couldn't read, but when it came down to the game mechanics of it, it did talk about... Um, um, did it have anything in English? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, when you chose what you wanted to do and stuff like that, it was, uh, um, what was it? It would, like, you know, load out. This is America. This is your Tomcat T4, F14. You want to do your load in, you know. So, the game mechanics of it were in English. But Weird. the actual, like, storyline was in Japanese. So, when it would tell me what my mission was, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. It was all in Japanese. Take these missiles, drop them here. Got it. Huh. I'll have to give that a give that a peek the other flight game that we played this week that uh apparently you're too stupid to play is uh tail tailspin tailspin oh my god we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about disney movies and this is the game that is based on the movie with blue right right and he's this bear that flies a plane yep and that's it he flies a plane, you're supposed to deliver packages and pick up stuff, apparently. And this is the one game where you can turn around, you can fly backwards, upside down? Kind of. It's goofy. Because it's goofy, but if you hold on the button too long, you just you just spin in circles, apparently, is what I've learned. I'd, like, if I wanted to flip over and shoot something that was behind me, you hit 
the down and A button and he'll flip over and then you can, it stops your auto progression forward and then you can just shoot behind you. But this game was really goofy because I was trying to figure out what it's like and it is the the best comparison that I can make is that it's like... It's like Mirror's Edge. Well, no. If you've played Sinmora or Sinamora or any of those side-scrolling airplane shoot-em-up games, like Gradius, it's uh-huh. like Gradius meets Mega Man. Okay, I, I can see that. With a little bit of Super Mario Brothers 3, the boss levels on the ships where you're dodging the cannonballs. Okay. It's... I don't know. Your your ship moves really, really slow. The enemy movements are really predictable. Um, but you don't have a lot of life. Two or three hits, you're done. And you're right. I, I didn't make it very far because I kept dying and I got so frustrated with this stupid game. I think I'm just hmm. soured on Disney games. Yeah, it could be. We've been playing a lot of Disney games. The only one game that... Uh... I do want to play because my buddy Jesse wants me to play it. Is uh, the Lion King game? Which apparently, is really good for the Super Nintendo. We'll we'll play that later. I'm I'm putting the kibosh on Disney games for a little bit. So if you were going to write in and send us a Disney game suggestion, put that on hold. Um, did you have any profound thoughts on this game other than on that tailspin? Other than the fact that I just felt. Like a retard playing that game, I couldn't figure out what the heck I was doing. I'm flying through, and apparently you can dodge things and just you can just totally bypass things and just move, oh, yeah. you know, out of the way. Yeah. And then, uh, but what? then you have the gun that shoots. But my gun couldn't. You couldn't shoot it a certain direction. I would try to aim it, and it would just go like off straight up. Yeah. Or you know diagonally. And well, it's like, and for I, some reason, gotta, like... it's time delayed. You can't shoot. Progress. You can't shoot really quick. Right, so you'd want to like shoot off a bunch of things, so that way you know you'd hit one of those bad guys or whatnot, and uh, you'd have the little balloons or whatever hearts that you think of hearts in that game. And so if you take damage, you lose a heart, you know, and everything yeah. else. Yeah, it's the the bosses are they're cool if you're really into the side scrolling shoot 'em ups. It's cool. The bosses are really really difficult, uh, but getting to the bosses is even more difficult because you don't have a lot of life. So, and for some reason, the enemies make no sense. Like, why are there these bears with these bubble-making machines? And why will these bubbles take down my airplane? Yeah, what's up with that? I thought those were supposed to help me or something, so I tried to run into one one time. Because <laughs> they were everywhere. <laughs> it's kind of neat because they have alternate routes through the levels where you can, like, take your ship or take your, your airplane down below this this semi-sunken ship and pick up different treasures and um bags of money and everything just kind of uh, accumulates into points so right i don't know i'm i'm spent on disney games it's not terrible but yeah i felt kind of stupid because i couldn't first of all i couldn't figure it out second of all it just wasn't really my style right yeah i don't know it wasn't wasn't i remember i remember playing that game when I was younger with my buddies. I don't remember it at but all. But I, I really don't recall much about it. So it must have been one of those games that I just must not have liked and then passed off. Hmm. So. Did you play anything else this week? That's yeah. What else did I play? I played some other games too. I played, um, now this one here I can only give a little bit because I didn't get that far into it. 
mainly because it made me want to go and play Eye of the Beholder on the Game Boy Advance. Oh no, that is such a good game. Right, but I played A Bard's Tale, which is a PS2 game, but this is the original on the NES. Oh. Yeah. Okay, because I just uh, bought that game a couple months ago when it came out on Android. It was like $3, and it gave you the full PS2 slash Xbox version, but then it hmm. gave you Bard's Tale 1 and Bard's Tale 2. Okay. Yeah, and I only played Bard's Tale 1, and uh, it was uh, it was really cool. So you basically go in, you can create your character, your, your adventuring party, it has to say. Um, you have your main guy who can be a wizard. I think there's a wizard, sorcerer, rogue, you know, just the normal stuff in there. Okay. And then you can create more people to join your guild or whatnot. Um, and then you can basically take those people on an adventure. Um, it's it's more of like a text-based adventure, isn't it? I would assume so, but I didn't, yeah, because you have the text of, hey, welcome, you know, are you ready to go out? But then when I went out, I went out and fought. I ran into a goblin in this town. But were you like actually corridors. moving your character around? No, no, no. It's just like a cord, like Doom. Picture like Doom or Wolfenstein, you know, where you just have the corridors, but you can only go a certain way, so, like, you just okay. walk that way. Like, but it's not like free walking. Where It's not free walking. It's okay. just that point of view, and you go through, and then so all of a sudden you get to the point where you see a bad guy, and then you, I think, I don't even know if I saw a bad guy, to be honest. I think you just have a random encounter. Okay. Yeah comes about you. I, I really don't recall seeing the goblin standing there. But anyway, there's a goblin there. And, um, you have your turns and who gets to go first. But apparently I don't know how to make a guild properly or my party properly because I only had the one guy in my party <laughs> at that point. So I went in and, of course, you know, there's like three of them and they just killed me because I didn't have enough uh, people, you know. It just took three hits, you know, and I was dead. So um, then I go back and it says, hey, do you want to add more people to your mentoring party or whatnot? And that's when I stopped and I started playing something else. But it made me really think of Eye of the Beholder, which I absolutely love that game. Yeah. And the combat, uh, like I thought, was kind of like um, original Final Fantasy-esque, you know, it was a turn base where, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to fight or do you want to cast magic? And they would go and you would go. Yeah. So this You're talking about the GBA version? No, no, I was actually talking about Bard's Tale Steel. Oh, okay. The okay. Goldie Vibe Beholder for another time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I haven't played the original Bard's Tale. I have it on my phone, but I would uh, much rather play it. the PC yeah. version of it where it's sure. true to true to what it's supposed to be. But uh, yeah, we're yeah, gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about Eye of the Beholder later. Yeah, that's a great game. I love that game. Um, let's see what else did I play? I played. Um, I sent you the list. I, I think that's else it. Too. No, I thought there was one other one that I played. I started playing a game that one of our readers suggested. Um, I'm going to get to his email tonight, but uh, it was called The Immortal on NES. Yeah, I remember somebody suggested that. I'm not going to say anything about it because I I clicked into, I popped it in to play it, and like, this game's going to suck. And I I love dungeon crawlers. Um, The original Baldur's Gate... The original Diablo, uh, Champions of Norath, and and the Baldur's Gate for the consoles, and any dungeon crawler, I just chew through. I love them. And I put this okay. game in, and I was shockingly surprised at how good of a dungeon crawler this was for the NES. So I only got to play about 10 minutes of it, but I'm definitely, when we get to his email, I'm definitely going to put that on my list for the next available time we have to talk about it. All right. So. Well. Um, yeah, I guess I don't remember what else I had played here. Um, okay. I'm trying to find an Immortal game, too. It's, oh, there it is, right here on my list. Cool. Yeah, it's super All good. Right, I'll give that one a shot. 
All right. Um, Anything else? Let's get into some email. I think I really can't recall. I played Tomb Raider and I beat that. I was very excited, but that's not retro. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that later. <laughs> Maybe we should do some uh, retro um, Tomb Raider someday. Maybe. Okay. Those are some fun games. All right. Yeah, we should probably get some emails. You do, let's let's do some emails. Let's see. If you want to write in an email, suggestion, opinion, factorysealed at manatank.com. Um, I have to confess that I was forgetting to check our spam folder, and we were actually getting quite a bit of emails emails were getting kicked into the spam folder so i'm gonna actually go back and hey what the heck and reread some of these i just got kicked out of my other email so the first one this is back from february 21st comes from kevin deck and he says hello there my name is kevin and here is my challenge mr p i'm assuming he's talking about me Find a copy of a game called Yu-Gi-Oh! Dungeon Dice Monsters. You can all play it, too. This game is a huge shit pile, but can still... (laughs) (laughs) I like this game already. Uh, It's a huge shit pile, but can still be fun if you know how to play Dice Monsters. No one knows. So, great. It won't be fun. Uh, Anyway, that is my challenge. But my game recommendation is Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, or Superstar, for the GBA... This is my first ever RPG and was insanely difficult from what I remember. Example of this is uh, a life mushroom is like 3,000 and there is one boss later in the game I think has a quarter way through has three bunch of whatever expletive stages with 3,000 health. Blah, blah, blah. He goes on to talk about that. I think Eric will love this game because he likes games that are kicking him in the butt, I'm assuming is what that said. That's not all. I have two parts. Um... Okay, he's. Are you are you following this email as I'm reading it? Uh, I'm reading it, man. Okay, I'm I'm so, I'm trying to make it coherent. Kid I think he's got. I don't know what this is, but it's like. Okay, he says I got a friend who is my age, fourteen, has never played a game and liked it past the GameCube, and sometimes it gets real frustrating talking to him about games without realizing that retro history is what made gaming today. Uh, so assuming he means he has a friend who can't play anything older than GameCube. Okay, um, that makes sense. You can also say that about history. Anyway, do you know anyone like that? If so, tell us with you beautiful faces spelled yeah, wrong. Yeah, spelled wrong. Please, please. And also tell what I can do about the situation and if you talk about other games, other games you find memory of. Cooking Mama. He likes... No. Co- no, I won't play Cooking Mama. I draw the line there. Um... Also, I come from Vancouver, city of illegal pot user teens who are lazy to do anything, including me, because I'm writing this email. Also, okay. So, he wants us to play Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. That's a huge, huge game, isn't it? I believe so. It's not that huge. It's only on the Game Boy Advance. but Game Boy Advance has some pretty long RPGs. I'm still playing through Golden Sun. What is it? What is the... Are you trying oh to decipher God. the rest of his email? I am trying. Don't for one, Okay, Kevin Deck, don't send an email like this to a teacher. <laughs> I I really don't mind if you did it on purpose, which I'm pretty sure you did. Oh, totally. I think it's funny. But, but uh, yeah, that uh, that just. I think that's maybe why he did it. 
I, I hope he did. I really hope he did. I really hope he did it because you're too high on marijuana. I don't like <laughs> I don't like Yu-Gi-Oh! But since uh, this game is supposedly a huge shit pile... I think you have to play it now because th- you have to compare it. Now everything has to be rated on a goof troop <laughs> <laughs> to, to Legend of Zelda DX. Yes, that is our rating scale <laughs> as of now. Goof Troop to Link's Awakening. Okay. And Goof Troop is below a zero on yeah. zero through ten, by yeah. the way. Yeah, Goof Troop is negative infinity. <laughs> Screw that game. Okay. Um, I probably should have proofread that email before I jumped into it. Maybe. Let's see. Uh Oh, here we go. This. I was totally waiting to read this. This. This is a great email. It comes from Jody Apana. Now, Jody. Now, Jody is writing to us with a very, very serious situation. Okay? And I wanted to wait to respond to the situation until I got both your feedback and our listeners because I'm not sure how to handle this. Geodi writes in, Good day to whom it may concern. I am Mrs. Geodi Apana. I am a citizen of India, precisely from a state called Assam. But I got married to Mr. Walter Robert, a citizen of Marudius. Where's Marudius? I don't know. We both live happily in Port Louis, the capital of Marudius. I'm totally butchering this pronunciation on that. That's fine. My husband worked with Chevron Texaco in the United Kingdom for 20 years before he died in the year 2003. Because of the love he has for me and our only son, he deposited the sum of 17.5 million or 17,500,000 great British pounds with the Central Bank of India for his future benefit being the only child. With tears on my eyes, pains and sorrows, I say to you that my son was poisoned by his friends that are jealous of him because he came from a wealthy home. I've been suffering from cancerous ailment. Recently, my doctor told me that I have limited days to live due to the stroke and cancerous problems I'm suffering from. I have decided to donate these funds to you and want you to use my husband's effort to fund the upkeep of widows and charities worldwide. If you are a trusted person, please kindly contact my lawyer with your informations. Sincerely, Miss Giodiapana. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, legit. I don't know about you, but I mean, this lady's had a real tough life. So she has, especially since they both live happily in Port Louise. Yeah, but he's, but he's dead. Been dead since two thousand three. I don't know. I believe her. I think there's 17.5 million Great British Pounds just waiting for Factory Sealed to jump on it. It's it's possible. I mean, think of the quality of shows we could do. Yeah, we could buy... We'd have enough money to buy all Goof Troop copies. We could. (laughs) We could hold a Goof Troop burning party. (laughs) I hate emails like that. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have wasted everybody's time. Yeah, but you were really excited because you found it in the spam folders while you're trying to find real mail. Okay, I better read this one before he yells at me. This one comes from Ryan Yedinick. He followed us over from Manatang Podcast. So 
Says, oh, this is you're all you. This is a long email. <laughs> oh my god! I need to start proofing these and like shortening them up. It says, "Hey, Factory Seal crew, how have you guys been? My name's Ryan, and I've been listening to you guys and the sad spinoff of you, the MTP. Ooh." For a while now, and I decided it's about time that I wrote in a question as well as a request for next week's show. First off, my question: Have you ever guys, have you guys ever had a moment where you were cleaning something out and discovered an old game from your childhood that you used to play all the time? For me, I'd recently cleaned up my basement and discovered an old stash of PS1 games, including Spyro and Spyro 2. Uh, my next question is: What is the hardest retro game you have ever beaten? For me, it was Banjo Kazooie for the N64. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to proof this as I go. Now, as for my request, it might be a bigger one, but I'm wondering if you could play through Mother 3. Recently, my computer had some issues and I'd lost all the data on my user, which includes the progress on my playthrough. I was hoping you guys could play it and I could play along with you. Now, I don't want to tell you what next big RPG you should play, but this game is very incredible. It's also separated into eight chapters, so I was wondering if you do decide to play it, maybe you could play one chapter per week. I like that suggestion. Mm-hmm. The chapters are decently short except for one. Also, this game's only available on emulators, and you need to patch the ROM in order to make it English. That's quite simple and takes no time at all. Thanks for taking the time to read my email, answer my questions, and possibly taking my request. Thanks, Ryan. Also, he says, P.S. Thanks for the bridge code, by the way. I had an extra copy of the bridge and gave it to him. So he gave us a link to the Mother 3 and the patch. So let's answer his question. Were you ever cleaning something out and found an old game from your childhood? No. Really? Because I always know where my games were. Oh, you're just that organized, aren't you? Not really. Either that or you I don't just have keep many them all games. in one spot. Oh, I see. Um, for me, it would have to be when I was moving down here from Wisconsin, I was packing up all my stuff and I found my copy of Mutant League football. And I was just, I was elated. I was dancing, I was cartwheeling, I was hooting and hollering. You know, I have a sad story, Uh-oh. to be honest. You have goop, Goof Troop framed on your wall with lights. I, I don't. Okay, good. But partially one of the reasons why it's I don't like have a cross clean out my closet is because my mom gave away all my stuff. Oh. So, I'm very sad. She just gave it away. Yeah, she was dating this dude, and they broke up, and his son had stuff, and I had stuff, but I wasn't living there at the time, so they ended up just taking my stuff as well. Wait, so she didn't give it away. They thieved it. I guess you could say they thieved it, yeah. yeah. So Jerks. I had that happen. I lent one of my buddies was going away to his grandma's house for the entire summer, and I had just gotten my Super Nintendo, and I had a ton of NES games. And he was going to his grandma's who had an NES, but no games. So I gave him my entire collection of NES games. Didn't get a single one of them back. Hmm. And then when I went to get them back, it's like, oh, I don't know where they are. Grandma's got them. Like, where's your grandma live? I don't know. I think she lives in Michigan. Right. I think she he sold them for crack. Probably. Grandma's crack. What's the hardest retro game you've ever beaten? Any of the Mega Mans, easily. No, no, I take that back. Battletoads for the NES. Battletoads? You beat Battletoads? I beat Battletoads. That last yeah. level when you're going through the underground tunnel on the surfboards, I beat it. I couldn't do it again, but I beat it. Hmm, the hardest game that I ever beat... Oof. 
Ah. That'd be a tough one, man. If you want... No. I, the one game I would like to beat would be Super Ghosts and Goblins. Because to truly beat it, it, it... Have you played that game? I have, yeah. Okay. So it's really difficult as is. Just to get to the second level is 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 an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Um, to get all the way to the end, you think you beat it, but then you have to start all the way over. But to get the true ending, you have to beat the game two times in a row without game over. So try to beat that. Um, all right. Here we go. Jeff Woods writes in, Hello there, FSC. I'm a relatively new listener, and I love your podcast. This is a podcast I've been looking for since my other retro gaming podcast is no more. At any rate, I'm going to try and interact with this show as much as I can. I love talking about old school games and reminisce about my childhood for, of gaming. At any rate, the game I'd like to suggest you guys play is The Immortal for the NES. Fond memories of this game when I was about eight. It's cool isometric view, Diablo-style action RPG it was Dungeon Crawler way before Dungeon Crawlers were a fad. I'd love for you to play this as I, too, will and share some of my feedback and thoughts. Let me know if you guys are going to do it. I will pop that shit in. Retro on Jeff Woods. Yeah, definitely the immortal. All right, I'm going to play it. Okay, we've got an email from Donovan LC. Actually, two emails. One of them says, love the show. Second one. Hey, I've been listening to your show a ton lately, and it's probably my favorite gaming-related podcast. Anyway, I was going to make a quick game request. Could you possibly play some Ogre Battle 64 or a full playthrough of Ocarina of Time? I've played both of these games and love them. I'd like to hear your opinions for these. I hope you take these into consideration. I'm going to pin both of these for after our show with Elias and Michelle. All right. Because Ogre Battle 64, I have not played, but I'm a huge fan of the Ogre Battle series. And I'd kind of like to play Ogre Battle 64. And Ocarina of Time is a huge undertaking. Right. Um, I have, you played, have you played that one? Nope. And I'm going to get killed by everybody and probably hated on the show. It's okay. I, have. I haven't played Majora's Mask. I have no interest in playing it. Are you serious? I, I got. I have really have never had any interest in playing a lot of the Zelda games. There's a. I don't know. I feel like going back and playing it now might not be as impactful because when it first came out, that that game introduced the future of gaming. I don't like to throw that out a lot, and I I don't like how Zelda. Ocarina of Time is heralded as the best game of all time because I don't think it's fair to give that title to any one game. But that game truly introduced, along with Mario 64, the future of gaming. Right. And the possibility that when the game came out, I did not have the system to play it on. True. Nor did I. So then I missed out on it, and then I built in my head this thing of, well, it's not that cool. And then maybe it was that for years and years and years and years I've, <laughs> i just yeah. have no no interest in it anymore i've so. done that where it's if something's really cool but you can't you don't have it or you don't have the means to get it you'll tell yourself that it's not cool right you know uh, or i just sucked at the game too that can be it yeah so. let's see this one comes from christopher elford oh this is mine okay this is mine. go ahead all right cuz i believe wasn't Chris? I think I read his original email back in the day. Probably. And and he did not use y'all in this one, so I'm kind of <laughs> maybe maybe that was the wrong one. But it said hi, factory sealed crew. 
I just want to thank everyone for reading my message a couple weeks ago about video game addiction and cognitive development. That was a good discussion we had. That was a good, and that was his, because I remember reading that email, because he used you all a lot, I'm pretty sure. I got a tad bit embarrassed when I was read, and there was one picture to explain my reaction. <laughs> It'll be attached to this message. I like that picture. Also noticed I need a better repertoire of words. Finally, got that out of the way. So here's my question for this week. What are some games, whether retro or next generation, that would be nice to play with your significant other? Are there elements in a relationship that can be improved by playing games? That's all I have for now, and I must get back to my homework. I'll try to write again in a couple weeks. No game suggestions for y'all this week. Have an amazing day slash night. Christopher A. Alford. Should we? Yes, keep up the excellent work. And you should try to figure out how to get this up on the website. Use this picture for the uh, the, the podcast. Page. Oh, okay. <laughs> should we read uh, Jess's response? Because since Jess isn't here, I, I had her write in. Because I felt like this is one of our serious questions for the week, so we should have her weigh in. She she titled her email, What Up? All gangster style. Uh, her t- subject is couples that game together, stay together. So... She writes, Super Mario Bros. are awesome for couples. You aren't competing against each other, but working together. I love playing GoldenEye with Andrew, her husband, because we get to beat the crap out of each other. Slappers only. Also, Mario Kart is awesome, too. She's spelling it phonetically like Mario, just to suck. Uh, I love playing games with Andrew. It increases communications in the relationship or will point out holes in communication. Competition is great for a relationship as long as you are being a good sport about it. Don't let the other person win, though. That sucks. Plus, the intensity of the competition will probably get you laid. <laughs> That's a fact. Okay, well, just just uh, cover that quite thoroughly. All right. Do you yeah. do you play games with your wife? Uh, occasionally. She uh, she doesn't like to play a lot of the games I play. So yeah, but uh, we do play. Like uh, we're really big on the ones where we have to outdo the point totals of games. Oh yeah. So, like, we'll play some trivia games and things like that, and then we'll play, like, uh, well, back, we used to play the Wii Fit mm-hmm. and the Wii Fit games a lot, especially the ones where you had, like, the challenge for the top scores and things. I'm going to lose more weight than you. It, it wasn't <laughs> even about that. It was about the, the literally the high score, who could get the high score in that game. And uh, Not- so we'll play a lot of games like that. We'll play some Mario Kart every now and then and uh, some of the, what we play, Mario Party yeah, and things like that, but um, seen it. I think uh, games are kind of intellectually challenging each other. I get this this question quite often because um, I play a ton of games and I'm married. And mm-hmm. usually people associate getting married with, guess what? You can't play games anymore. Uh, That's so, not true with Christy. I've, I've learned that. I've never met this woman. Yes. So <laughs> it's it's strange because if if gaming is truly something that's like part of who you are and there's a difference. Some people play games just to play games and they can drop it and never come back to it. And, uh, other people like gaming is just what they grew up as. I wouldn't consider people who play only Madden or only call of duty gamers. I wouldn't, I I wouldn't give them that label. And I know that that label carries a lot of stigma to it, but I wouldn't label them that because they play one game. I think truly a person that, that plays a lot of games, plays a lot of different styles of games and truly enjoys them for what they are. So that being said, if that's part of who you are and you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't support that, that is going to constantly be a point of contention. And 
I, I know a lot of people are just like, well, just give up gaming because it's just, it, it's games, it's kids stuff. But what if you were really into reading classical literature and your significant other hated the fact that every night for two hours, you sat down to read a different piece of classical literature and said, if you want to be together, you have to give up your classical literature. It's a, it, it is the same concept. So if you're in a relationship like that, I'm not saying ditch the relationship, but you need to find a, a, a way to work that out because I know a lot of people whose significant others don't like games. One of my best friends from high school, as soon as he got married, we never played games anymore. And he would call me up when he got home from work. He's like, hey, I got a half hour before my wife gets home. Let's play some video games. And then as hmm. soon as she would walk in the door, he would just log off. He wouldn't even say bye. He would just turn the system off. That's not cool. No, it's it's not cool at all. So, Christy, granted, I guess I can't talk too much. I did that last week on the show. Well, you had <laughs> you had an excuse though. Um, That's true. Christy, she doesn't play a lot of games, but she loves loves watching them. Like absolutely, hands down, loves watching them to the point where when a new game comes out, if we're walking through the store, she'll see it. She's like, "You're gonna buy that, right?" I'm like, "Well, sure." So I buy it, and then <laughs> then she'll watch me play it. And because one of the first games that I was playing when we got together was Oblivion and she would come over and just fall asleep watching me play Oblivion. And, you know, she would never play it herself. But uh, I I feel like if there's that that common bond, I can talk to her about different games and she can understand what it is and and talk back to me about it because she's watched me played it. Mm -hmm. So I think that if that's truly something that's important to you as a person and I'm 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 not going to give you some stupid quip about don't sacrifice who you are for other people but it's kind of that concept of like if it's really important for you don't put yourself in a situation where you're gonna have to compromise that but then again you know there there is balance where you can't just use that excuse of well gaming is what i do deal with it yeah i know lots of relationships that are broken up because of that yeah (laughs) Yeah, if 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 your wife asks you to put down the controller and help clean the cat box or go for a walk or something, you do it. Right. And you know, some games that I could I could suggest um you know, you need the two-player games and it also depends on the your significant other because you have to know your significant other to figure out what game she might like to play. I've because seen I've, some couples I've that some... play Call of Duty together. Yep. But, or Dragon Age, or any of those role-playing games. Uh, things all mean to also play a lot of golf together, like Tiger Woods Golf or mm-hmm. Hot Shots Golf. Um, you have to find out what she likes to do and sometimes get her involved. Well, And you can't be afraid for her to steal your game. Yeah. And I think what's what a lot of people are misinterpreting is that playing games together doesn't mean physically sitting down on the couch and both playing the game together like a two-player game. Mm-hmm. If you find a game that you really like and give that to your significant other and say, here, play this. And then maybe while you're off at work and she's at home, she can play it. Then you guys have another common ground to talk about. And for me, I I would see something like, like uh, any role-playing game for sure. Any role-playing game, any of the final fantasies, um, anything with a, with an in-depth story, because it's the same thing as giving a book. You can say, Hey, I read this book. This book's fantastic. Read it. And we'll talk about it. Um, The, the elder scrolls games, hands down. Um, I know Jess and her husband play the Fallout games together, and they'll talk about that and, and kind of use that as a point of conversation. But um, I think for, for Christy and I, 
the new Super Mario Brothers games were fantastic because we could play through those together or um, Ratchet and Clank all for one. Um, I'm trying to ease her into like the dungeon crawler style games, like the Champions of Norath, where you can play together. But the thing mm-hmm. is that she didn't grow up playing those types of games, so it's kind of complex. Um, it's not that she doesn't enjoy watching them; it's just that to give it to her, she would be a little slower to pick it up. So, okay. not only do you have to understand what types of games they're going to like, you also have to be understanding in that they may not be as quick at the game as you. So, if you get frustrated really easily watching somebody struggle with a game try to pick games that you know they're going to be good at. Like, we played a ton of the Wii Sports Resort and just competed back and forth with each other with, like, the basketball score or the uh, tennis score or the archery scores and stuff like that. I would come home from work and she'd be doing the the basketball thing or the the wakeboarding. And she's like, oh, I beat your score. And then, like, I would obsess over beating her score for the next two hours. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's right. So that's all we've got for emails this week. If you want to write in, send us your suggestions next. Well, oh, go ahead. I like to say we do have one other email, but we might save that um, for when we uh, actually play the game. Uh, is that Nick in the Stevens spam wrote in. Oh, well, yeah. Nick, yeah. Nick Stevens wrote, wrote in. Um, but actually, you know, I guess we could save ourselves and not play this game and just let him tell us what he thought about it. Jess and I played it, so we'll talk about it a little bit next show. Okay. Um, so Nick Steve, we didn't forget about you, but we'll yeah. read it the next time. We'll read it when we talk about it. So um, next week, we have kind of have our, our game plan set out. We're going to be playing various Batman games. I know for sure we're playing Batman on the NES. I'm hoping to play Batman Returns and then Batman on Super Nintendo. And then I'm sure at some point we'll talk about the new Batman games, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, just because we're talking about Batman with right. a veritable Batman person. Uh, and actually, that's uh, speaking of. Uh, this is not. It's kind of on the same page, mm-hmm. but uh, not playing some others. But my my daughter has uh, has me playing the Batman games right now. Which ones? Uh, the Arkham Arkham ones. Okay. Um, Arkham Arkham Asylum because I played them all in bag. But I didn't actually get through them, so I'm going to play through because she wants to. When she's over, she wants to watch me play the game because um, she's does not very good at games. <laughs> so she goes, I just rather watch you play. That's like, cool, okay. though. So now she's helping me, and she's giving me the clues, and, hey, look up there. What's that over there? You know, you, you missed that, or you got to go that way. You're going the wrong way. Um, so that's really fun. It's a nice way to connect. And, uh, nice. She's a huge uh, DC type of fan. So Nice. Um, that's really cool, like uh, talking about that. So, I mean, there's uh, a lot of different ways to do that. Well, make sure to get your questions and comments in for... Uh, Toronto Batman. If you don't know who he is, look him up. He's got a lot of cool stuff. He's got a YouTube page, a uh, big, huge Facebook page. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff on there. A lot of photos to, to look through. A lot of posts. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. Um, then the week after, no, two weeks from now, two, two or three weeks from now. I think it's three oh, weeks. First week, I think it's three weeks. It's first week of April, Yeah, right? the first-ish week in April. Start thinking about your questions for Elias Tefexis and Michelle. Uh, Bobak, his wife. You don't know who they are. They're voice actors. Elias did the voice for Adam Jensen in Deus Ex. And uh, they'll be on the show talking about some Mario games with us. So you can ask them Mario-based questions, or you can ask them whatever the heck you want. Uh, send that in, subject line, put two it's who, so we know how to group the emails and can kind of make things go a little bit smoother. So um, the next, next show is kind of booked. I'm hoping to get to some of these other suggestions, like The Immortal. Um... 
Well, it sounds like it's a longer game, so we might have a chance to to have time to get to that, so we can actually review it. Well, we yeah, we've got the week of the 25th through the 29th where we can play some of these suggestions from people. So um, maybe we could play the first chapter of Mother 3 that week. Yeah. Um, Possibly. i got to get the link and I'll heap of that email so I can download that. Yeah. We'll let you know next week what we're going to be playing for the following week. So send all your stuff in, factorysealed at manatank.com. Aaron, where can we find you on Twitter? At Quilted Tunic. If you want to follow me and my exploits through Vegas, you can follow me at Ooh, Honest Vegas. Pizza. Yep. That. You can always find Jess at, I have no idea, Jess M. Clarkson. There you go. Now. I almost right. forgot. You're such a nice guy. Well, thank you. Such a nice guy. I would have totally forgotten. I feel like we didn't throw her under the bus as much as we could have. Not enough. No. I, you know how many times I got thrown, I get thrown under the bus and I don't show up for shows? We actually, two or three times. We actually sang her praises at the beginning. So We did. I feel like and we, she had the nice email. And, you know, we're only going to be nice to her this month because it's, it's like National Women's Month or something like that. It's, uh, I don't think Women's that's History right. Month or something. Yeah, it's... March is like Women's History Month or something like that. Hmm. I didn't know about it so recently. I saw a commercial for it. So <laughs> I'm glad I don't oh. have cable. All right. All these... That's going to do for the show. Join us next week with Toronto Batman and a full crew. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, <laughs> everybody.